We'll get you by and we'll go to John 16. My sermon is kind of a weird title, but I want to give it to you. What do you want to know? What do you want to know? Everything. I want to, I want to teach you something tonight that the Lord's been teaching me. And it's kind of, um, it's, I want to say wild, but not wild. It's kind of revolutionary. Um, it's it's kind of neat to, to know what I'm going to share. But um, anyway, so my question is, what do you want to know? John 16, 13. Go turn me down a little bit more, Mike. Jesus says something, and we've read this scripture many times. Um, he says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into how much truth? All of it. He will not speak of his own authority. Whatever he hears, he'll speak. And he'll tell you things to come that are actually going to, that are coming. He will glorify me. He'll take what's mine and declare it to you. All things the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said he'll take mine and declare it to you. Now, it seems kind of to me when you read that, First of all, you would think that he was talking about spiritual stuff. You're also thinking that he does it automatically, and he does not. It's not automatic that he'll show you everything. But there is, a, there is something you can do to cause him to show you. But he makes a statement, whatever is mine, whatever's mine, I'll show it to you. Yeah. That means anything that he knows, he'll tell you about redemption, about what belongs to you and what the Bible. There's no scripture in the Bible that he won't open to you and show you what it means. As a matter of fact, there's nothing he won't open to you and show you what it means. And you'll see this in a moment. I want to look at another one. I want to look at another scripture, Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to, like I always do, go to two or three scriptures because I want to verify that what I'm saying is actually in the Bible. I think there's a lack of knowledge, and I don't think there needs to be, but I think, I think that we're not taking advantage of this, and I want to say this kind of a strange thing. It's actually more fun than you think it is. It's actually a lot of fun to have God sit you down and teach you stuff. I say that because a lot of times we go through thinking that somehow or another there's this group of people that are special, or that we're, we're just not worthy. But he said anybody. So Ephesians chapter 1, let's look at this in verse 15. This is a prayer that I had someone pray over me. Therefore, when I heard of your faith in the Lord and your love for all the saints, I don't cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That means you can understand your Bible. Now let me stop right here. I'm going to read on in a moment, but I want to clarify something. I've had people say to me, and, right, and rightly so, right after I got born again, I was sitting on my couch in Cathwood Apartments, and I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying. And I asked the Lord what I, what I would think now would be a silly question, but it didn't seem silly to me at the time. I had already been listening to Kenneth Hagin and Kenneth Copeland, and I, and I just noticed that, you know, God gave Kenneth Hagin a very special assignment to go teach people faith. And he, taught, he gave Kenneth Copeland an assignment to teach people prosperity. So I asked him if he would give me something. You give me something. I, got, I want to do something. And he said to me, he said, how would you like it if I gave you the deepest revelation in the Bible? I went, yeah. I mean, that'll put me on the charts. <laughs> and so he starts off and he said, Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, walked the earth as a man, died on the cross, went in the region of the damned, and rose from the dead, and sat down at the right hand of God. And, when, and when, while he was talking, I, I had a pencil and paper, and I hadn't started writing yet. <laughs> I'm waiting for the punchline. And he stopped. 
And I went, okay, come on, go, go, go. He said, that's it. And I went, I know that. And he said to me, kind of in a stern way, he said, no, you don't. Go learn what that means. Forty-five years later, I have still learning what that means. But the stories I tell you, all of the, I'm writing, I'm, I'm, I just finished my first book. Amen. I've actually finished my second one. Lisa's working on the first one now to kind of, uh, Barbara worked on it for weeks. And so Lisa's kind of going through it now and checking even Barbara's work and moving stuff around, maybe move a couple paragraphs around. Uh, but I wanted to get it published. It's called If Any Man. Why, why would that not be appropriate? It's a story that I've told you about me getting born again and all the things. But the second one is the book called The Storyteller, where Jesus would actually walk into my room at night and sit down and go, you want to hear a story? And I'm writing all of them in a book. And, it's gonna, and I even want to make a children's book out of a couple of the stories. So I've got all these ideas of what I'm doing. But, but I had, um, I think it was um, um, Francine's husband, Lisa, what's his name? Um, I'll think, she'll... Anyway, last night he was in my office and he said, when I first started listening to you online, I never heard about the rich man in hell. I never heard about Jesus and Jonah. I never heard about the, there's a lot of things that God has told me and I realize you hear it preached, but not that way. A lot of the stuff Mark Hankins preaches, but I teach a completely different side of a mountain. And so I know there's a lot of things he has given me, but I said that. Because this is the prayer that I had someone pray over me the, the two days or three days before the Holy Ghost hit me and said no one goes to hell for sinning and explained John three sixteen through 20 to me. Holy Ghost did. And up until that time, I read it and read it and read it and I, and I didn't get out of it what he said. So he started teaching me about what happened is death, burial, and resurrection. And, and I basically built the whole Bible school on that one principle of what happened at the cross. What happened to you? What happened to all of us? How does that affect us? Forever. So, uh, and I've had fun doing it all. And so, all of it came because I asked God to show me something. Now, he, I, I, had I not asked him, he'd have never shown me. And I'm going to get ahead of myself right now. Way ahead of myself. Whatever you love will show you its secret. And we'll, I'll, we'll go back there in a little bit. Let's finish reading this. Just hold on to that thought for a minute because we'll come back there. Verse 17, The God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you and me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of our understanding or our heart would be enlightened or full of light, so we would know what is the hope of his calling. We would know the riches of the glory of his inheritance in, in saints and the exceeding greatness of his power toward us according to the working of his mighty power when he raised Jesus from the dead. In other words, what happened to you when you got born again? And it's a prayer Paul said, you need to ask God to show you what happened. Show, get God to show you what happened behind the scenes, not just Jesus on the cross, but what happened in the spirit realm while that was happening. That's more important than what happened. Well, I wouldn't say more important. That's not really a nice thing to say. What you saw was important, but what happened in the spirit realm, Jesus becoming sin, him, what does it mean? It is finished. What does it mean? You know, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What does it mean? I thirst. What does it mean when he gave up the ghost and he left and went into the region of the damned? What does it mean when he was born again in the region of the damned and grabbed his body on the way out and took his blood before the Holy of Holies? What is all that? What happened? Everything. Everything changed. Greatest day. You know the scripture, this is the day the Lord has made. We, we sang that for years thinking it was talking about today. This is yeah. the day the Lord. It is not. Yeah. This is the day the Lord has made is the day that Jesus was made righteous and the day you were raised from the dead. This is the day that he made. And that's what that scripture means. So anyway, to me, that's been a quest of mine, and he has, he has answered it, and, he, and I'm not done asking. I know that I know that I know that I know there's more. Anyway, and I'm going to find out. All right, let's look at another one. Go to Luke's, uh, Luke 11, and I want you to put this up there in the Amplified, please. 
I think I wrote that on there, AMP, but I don't know if you knew what that meant. Luke 11 in the Amplified Bible. Now, this is a scripture that always bothered me. Does, do you all have scriptures that you read them and go, I don't think. It, it bothered me because it didn't mesh with everything I was learning. It was, in other words, Jesus is wrong. <laughs> have you had scriptures where you just knew he was wrong? Okay, let me have a scripture. Come on, Sunday. Did I throw a curveball at you? You got it? You'll get it in a minute. Anyway, let me just, you'll get it up here in a minute. Let me just read it. There it is, Amplified. Now, here's what bothered me about this scripture. I say to you, ask and keep on asking. And it'll be given. Seek and keep on seeking. And you'll find. Knock and keep on knocking. And that bothered me because I know Mark eleven twenty three. 23, whatever you desire when you pray, believe it's granted, you'll have it. Yeah. And you don't have to pray it over and over. I didn't pray to get saved over and over and over and over. I just prayed one time. Right. And to get filled with the Holy Ghost, I just prayed one time. Right. And to get healed, you just pray one time. And it kind of bothered me. I'm going, what do you mean this, you know, just kind of keep asking. And I mean, it's like, I read it like God is up there going, ah, oh, ask me about 500 more times and you drive me nuts and, and I'll answer you. And I'm reading that going, I don't like that scripture. But finally, the Lord showed me what it meant. Hallelujah for the Holy Ghost. So he's talking here about the fact that there are things that belong to you and I that we're not grasping it. We're not getting it. It's like mining gold. It's like looking for silver. It's like, it's like you're digging for something and you want to gain some knowledge. You want to understand. And I'm going to use this as an example. The Wright brothers wanted so much to fly. They didn't go out there and say, we believe we fly and bang, fly an airplane. I mean, it took a lot of studying it took, you know, they would do it and they would fail and they would go, no, 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 no failure here. We're going to, we're going to figure out how this works. They read books on it. They read people who failed. They read people who had almost did it and they studied wings and they studied lift and they studied engines and they tried to get horsepower and they tried to get the engine lighter and they just knew, they knew, they knew that it is possible to fly. And so finally the day came and on Kitty Hawk, and we know that they made their flight, but they did it. See, they didn't quit when they wanted to know. And by the way, they were the son of a preacher who was in the pulpit preaching that if God had wanted you to fly, he'd have given you wings while his rebellious sons were at the beach trying to violate the laws of God. Now just, there's, I don't tell you often to not listen to the preacher, but... But if he's wrong, just forget it. But anyway, but what I'm trying to tell you is that anytime you want to know something, God will show it to you. That's powerful. Now, here's the thing. Anything. Now, let me back up a minute and say this. When you heard me say this in this church already. I think it was a Sunday morning or Wednesday night. I don't remember which one. When I was in St. Thomas, I'm laying on the beach. Lisa and I are snorkeling. We're looking at turtles. And, and by the way, I, it was really cool because I had my GoPro. And I swam down to see a turtle, and it came up at me. And it went by me about that far. It was cool. Anyway, big, just big old honking. Anyway, um, but anyway, we're out there snorkeling, but I'm laying on the beach, and I see all these heathen. Now, I'm going to say something. I don't want you all to get offended. When you see a woman that weighs 300 pounds in a string, in a thong, and she thinks she's beautiful, you start, you, you start, you start thinking, God, these people need Jesus real bad. That's, that, that's, that's not a reflection on the people. Just one group of ladies. And I looked at Lisa and I said, does she not know that nobody is looking? 
Now, I'm not, I'm not picking on people that weigh 300 pounds. I'm not pick, but if you do, just don't wear a string bikini. I mean, just, you know, just... I, I wear a black bathing suit because Shamu's black, and, and I want to be in vogue, and, you know, if, if you are overweight, just wear a black shirt and black... Don't go out flaunting the belly, just... If it's, if it's there, just cover it up. And don't run around acting like you're a stud muffin if you look like a hippo. Just don't. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't, I don't walk around the beach looking like this because it'd be stupid. That would just be stupid. Now, Zach could do it, but I can't do it. Justin can do it, but I just can't do it. Sean can do it, I just can't do it. Amen. I can do it, but everybody be laughing. <laughs> that old idiot over there. So... So I'm sitting on the beach and I'm thinking, all of these people are going to hell. And they are. And that's not good. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm starting to pray. And not only that, but Lisa and I had got a condo on a hill. Now, I don't know whether you've ever been to St. Thomas. But there's hills there and mountains. And we got the condo on the top floor on the hill. And it had a balcony and it overlooked the ocean. And it was breathtaking. Just beautiful scene. And I'm, I'm, and I'm up there and I'm, and I'm looking at this and there's a scripture that I asked Lisa this morning, Psalm 91.1. Um, you can pop it on the screen if you want to. 19.1, that the earth declares the glory of God. And, and I thought to myself, do these people not know there's a God? And, and, I, and I thought to myself, I really do want to just go back down to the beach and preach and it, it, and it wasn't out of compassion. It was more out of, I feel guilty having fun with everybody going to hell around me. And God knew that, that the devil was kind of beating on me a little bit. And he said, um, son, they're not seeking me. It is not your responsibility. They're not even asking me anything. He said, if they're not seeking me, go back to snorkeling. Enjoy your vacation. And then it kind of dawned on me, and he said these words to me, anytime anyone seeks me, I will show them. Anytime, anybody, ask a question. You just lean to God, and he'll show up and ask your question. And, and he just told me, he says, they're, they're not asking. So there's nothing you can do if, if they're not interested. And so Elisa and I just went back and looked at some more turtles and reefs and fish and, and, and a couple of sharks, and we got out of there. And um, anyway, <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11, turn over there. Let's talk about this a minute. I got someplace I got to go in a minute. I want to see, I want you to see this. I know the thoughts that I'm thinking toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil. I want to give you a future and a hope. And you'll call on me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Now, this is not a physical trying to get a hold of God. That's not what it is. This is a sincere, I want to know you. I, I want to know you. I said this in, in the book that I just wrote, and it's not, it's, I can't wait to see it when it comes out. My mother brought me a book called King's Kid by Harold Hill. And she said she's going to give me $20 to read this book. Now, you understand, I'm a, I'm a heathen. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm a hippie. I'm living off the land. I got cows. I got pigs. I got chickens. I grow my own. I, I catch fish with my hand. I'm shooting dairy illegally. I'm just a... A country hippie. It's hard. Cut your own firewood in the morning, whole nine yards. Well, I'm making $83 a week unemployment, and my mother says she's going to give me $20 if I read a book. Well, I'm going, bring it. That's a fourth of a week's pay to read a book. I'll read a book. So I read the book, and the thing about the book that surprised me was that he had a relationship with Jesus. Now, I had never, ever heard anybody talk about Jesus like they knew him. 
Everything I ever heard was he lived 2,000 years ago. Died, and nobody's heard from him since. But this, is a, this was a rich a, a, a guy down in Nassau, worked at Cape Canaveral, and uh, he's an engineer, and he had gotten born again. He was an alcoholic. And so the book was his story about how he came to Jesus and got saved. And, and there might have been a sinner's prayer at the end, but I, I don't remember seeing it. But when I finished the book, I closed it, and I remembered I was outside the house. I remember I walked outside, and I said to God, I wouldn't mind knowing you like him. Now, I didn't get saved. But do you think God heard that? Yeah, you better believe he heard it. Because I'm turning my attention to him. I'm going to say this again. Anytime you turn to him, anytime you seek him in any way, shape, or form, you will get his attention. And, and let me make a statement to you now. Just listen to this statement. Everything you don't know is because you don't want to know it. And everything you do know is because you wanted to know it. Now, I didn't say that to bring condemnation because there's no way to know everything. But there are areas of all of our lives that we're going, well, you know, Lord, I just don't know about that. But the truth is, why don't you know? Because we have a mentality like the guy sitting on the side of the road with a can will work for food, and we know there's a job right down the street, but he don't really want a job. You know, we, oh, God, help me out. Well, you don't really, you don't really, you don't really want God. You just want a, bu- a buck. You, I want a healing, but I don't want to know God. I want a, I want a, I want a better life, but I don't really want to. Okay, that's not what I'm talking I'm talking about when you seek God. When you want to know something, like I wanted to know this, he showed me what I wanted to know. He hadn't hidden anything in the Bible from you. There's nothing in here hidden from you. There's no truth anywhere hidden from you. If you want to know it, no human can stop it. No person can stop you from knowing what you want to know. And that's, that's awesome. We're going we're to get even deeper in this. So, so he says, if you'll seek me, you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. I think there's a 14 here. And I will be found by you, and I will bring you back from your captivity. In other words, whatever you're going through in life, there's nothing that you are going through, nothing that God won't show you what to do and how to get out of it. If you want to know, if you will turn your attention, and that's where the word seek and keep seeking. We're not talking about a casual, I I wish I had a million dollars. It's I wish I had a million dollars and I am going to get it. I wish I had an education, I will get an education. And I'll do what it takes. Okay, let's look at another scripture here. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the Lord your God, okay. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him, and in this you have done foolishly. Now, let's let's don't go negative because he's going to get negative on them for a minute. We're not going there. But listen, anytime anybody, anytime anyone wants to know anything, you turn, he will find you. That's, that's, that's powerful. Somebody asked me one time, says, what about all the people overseas in Africa that don't know the Lord? Well, I have a story for you. There was a man in India one time, and he was uh, uh, just a young man, and he walked outside of his village, and I mean, he's in the middle of nowhere. And he's looking at the sky, and he's looking at the sun, and he's looking at everything, and he says, I know there's a God up there somewhere. I want to know you. Now, you would think God would go in India. There's no TV or radio down there, buddy. There's no church anywhere. Well, the next day, he's back down at the river, and an angel walks up to him from God. There's no church anywhere. And says, there is a man that will come to your village riding on an elephant, and he will answer your question and tell you about the Most High God. And the angel left. There was a man in England who had a dream from God 
get up, go to India, I will show you where. That man got up and told his wife and family, he says, the Lord told me I need to be in India. I need to go to India. And now back then it was get a boat, travel to India, get an elephant, go in. And the Holy Ghost showed him. And one year later, he rode into that village. And everybody came out ready to hear what he had to say. Because that man said, someone's coming to tell us about God. And the whole village got born again. Listen, the moment one, one man, I want to know, God answers. And there's nothing that he can't do. Now, that's a powerful story. I am thoroughly convinced. Now, I said this because I watch people sometimes that I don't, I don't know if they really want to know. I used to carry the burden of it. I, I got to be honest with you. I really actually, Lisa will tell you, I carried the burden of people that things didn't work out. And I don't. Because I've realized that if you wanted to know, God is a big God. You know, you come to me, Pastor, what do I do? And I go, I don't know. Why don't you go find out? You mean you want me to seek? Yeah. That'd be a good idea. I mean, do you think that you're a, a, an orphan? No, no, no. How bad do you want to know? How bad do you want to know? Go find out. Go talk to your dad. And so, I, you know, I've, I've kind of quit carrying the burden of what everybody's life, you know, and I just, you know, I'm going to do my best, but I sleep at night. Someone says, so-and-so didn't make it, and I go, well, they're in heaven and with Jesus, glory to God. By the way, let me stop right here and make a, have you ever wondered what they're doing? It's cool. I've been thinking lately a lot about eternity. What are we going to be doing in a thousand years? A hundred, two hundred thousand, three hundred. What are we going to be doing? Why don't, why is it we're so locked in to right now? There's a scripture in Ezekiel, I mean in Ecclesiastes. He has put eternity in my heart. There's two of the most important days of my life and my soul. The day I saved, the day I meet him. And the day I meet him drives me to everything I do. It's why I don't sin. If I know that the policemen are out there, I don't speed. I just kind of, there's a place in Tennessee, I got a speeding ticket a few years ago, and it went from 45, no, it went from 65 to 45. I thought it one sign. There was another one I missed, and so I crossed into the, six, into the 45 doing 65 miles an hour. Thought I was doing speed limit, but the policeman let me know I was not. <laughs> when I'm driving home from Tennessee, I'm watching for this town. <laughs> 55, woo, and I'm looking for him. And I live my life looking for him. Wouldn't, wouldn't life be better if we were looking for him? Yes. I mean, why? I mean, really, when you're, when you're at school and you're, taking, and you're in class, what motivates you to study? There's a test. Did you know we have a Bama seat that you will give an account of your life? You might want to study up. It'll keep you holy. I'm hoping it'll keep you holy. It's keeping me holy. I've turned down a whole lot of sin to meet him. <laughs> I looked at a girl one time and said, you're not worth going to hell for. <laughs> Never mind, I'm just going to stop right there. The devil's thrown out all kind of stuff at me, and I just don't seem to bite. Okay. Psalm 84, 11. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing. 
Say it with me. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Say no good thing. Do you think that he's not big enough to find you? Do you think in all that's happening in the world right now that God doesn't know your address? See, it really doesn't matter. I mean, we need to be concerned about what's happening everywhere in the United States. But if everybody on the planet falls away from God, he can find me. Do you know that Jeremiah never went into captivity? Jeremiah prophesied for years, God is going to take you into captivity. And finally, God sent an army, and they took all of the nation of Israel into captivity. And the man who brought the army in and led them captive gave Jeremiah a house in Jerusalem. And he never left, and he was never taken captive because he obeyed God. That's good preaching. There's a lot of bad things might happen in this nation, but it won't happen to me. You better believe that. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. I want to read something to you, um, if you don't mind. I've read this before, but, but, but I'm kind of childish in this way. I have books at home that are like my favorites, and this is one of them. And the other day when I was thinking about this message, the Lord kept bringing this story back to me. And this is the story of George Washington Carver. And he is one guy that when I get to heaven, I'm going to look him up. He saved the South. And he started off a slave. And he literally turned the, the, the South and, and, the, and the, uh, the crops he taught the farmers how to rotate crops. He taught them what to do. He taught them how to grow peanuts and how to grow sweet potatoes. He taught them all about how to, how to grow. And then when they had too many peanuts and too much potatoes and too much cotton, he, he invented things so that they would have a reason to grow them. He had over 150 different uses for just the peanut. Are y'all ready? Now we're talking about a slave. If God can do this to a boy in slavery who doesn't even know his, his real last name, he doesn't know his birthday, and he's never met his parents, and yet he saved the South. Imagine what you could do. Talking about, I've had a bad life. Well, this boy had, and not only that, but he was kind of sickly when he was a kid and never played like other kids. Anyway, some people came to see him in Alabama and Tuskegee. 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 I knew that. I knew I'd figure that out. And he has a workshop there, and he goes in and he says, Here's what I call God's little workshop, said Dr. Carver. The next moment, we entered a sacred precinct in his Palace of Miracles. He said, no books are ever brought in here. He went on. And what is the need of books? Here I talk to the little peanut, and it reveals its secrets to me. I lean on the 29th verse of the first chapter of Genesis. God said, behold, I've given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree to which is fruit of the tree yields seed, and it'll be for you for meat. What other materials do I need other than that promise? Here I talk to the peanut, I talk to the sweet potato, I talk to the clays and the hills, and they talk to me. And here the great wonders are brought. And he pointed to an array of bottles containing specimens of three, I said 150, I was wrong, 300 uses for the peanut. Oh no, 301. He discovered a new one this morning. Wonder of wonders, what would happen if the old man lives a few years longer, I thought to myself. And up there on the wall are clays, he had said. And again, there's no need for books, merely another promise in the Bible. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills which comes my help. And in my room I will show you a purple, a lost purple of Egypt. Only in one other place in the world can you find this clay said, how did you find it? I said, I talked with God one morning and he led me to it. 
And I stared at him, and he was tenderly feeling the clay as if it was a living organism. And when he had brought... And when I had brought my friends and they dug it up, they wanted to dig further. And I said, no need to dig further. This is all there is. God told me, and sure enough, there was no more. The Holy Ghost showed him where to find clays. He took the clays he found in the grounds and he made, he made paint. And he painted pictures. And, and he, did, he did all, he made laundry soap. When you go to the store today and you see almond milk, Dr. Carver is the one that gave you that by the Holy Ghost. And he showed him how to make milk out of a peanut. And almonds. And all kind of stuff now. So I'm going to read that to you. Isn't this neat? All right. I just got to read some more because I just, I I read this book every once in a while. First, so anyway, they they brought, he he had a picture. Um, He said, I want to show you my den. And I joined the group and followed his lead to his sanctuary. First of all, I wanted to see the picture that Luxembourg wanted Dr. Carver had painted from the Alabama hills. He brought out a painting of fruit. And after we looked at it, he brought out a marvelous painting of roses. And we gasped. How'd you do that, we said, with my fingers. Did you copy roses? He said, I never copy. I only paint what I see inside. What kind of canvas are you using? The material I used, I created out of corn stalks. Where did you get the paint? Well, the workmen were excavating a new pipe under my steps, and I pulled some of the the clay out and created all these colors. Mm, Now, if if there's that much information in one peanut, what do we, what are we missing around us? So much knowledge to be gained. Now listen to this statement. And you taught yourself to play the piano, someone said. Is it true? Your playing helped you defray your expense through college? And he said, there's literally nothing that I have ever wanted to do, said the old man, that I asked the creator to help me and I have not been able to accomplish in my life. Nothing. Now, I want to go back to something that y'all are probably tired of hearing. You know, when years ago I shot tournament archery, and there's a thing called target panic. People get it, and it's, they say it's incurable. What happens is your, your, your subconscious mind kicks in, and when you come to anchor, you let the arrow go. And you're not ready, but you do it anyway. Because you've done it so many times, you do it automatically. Even when you say, I won't do it, you'll do it. And they say it can't be cured. Well, I went to the Lord because I was winning tournaments and all of a sudden now I'm getting to where I can't shoot because I'm shooting instinctively faster than I'm, 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 my brain is messing me up. And I went to God and I said, help me, help me. And he said, target panic is the fear of missing. Close your eyes and shoot at three feet. We're talking Holy Ghost here. So I walked up to a target. I'm going to use you for a minute, but don't worry. I don't really have an arrow. (laughs) And I got my bow, and I closed my eyes. I can't miss. I can't see. And I reprogrammed my my brain not to let go until I wanted to. It took me over half a year. But the Holy Ghost showed me how to kick a bad habit. And I went back to being fourth place. You know what fourth place is? Third loser. They didn't even put my name on the board. I was, well, I got to tell you the rest of the story. I really wasn't in fourth place at the end of the tournament. I I was in first place at the end of the morning. Saturday. By the end of the day, I'm in fourth place. And I called Lisa. I said, I can't come to church tomorrow. This has really happened. And she says, you must. I said, no, I'm in fourth place. I have to stay. I'm feeling led. <laughs> this is a true story. She said, you preached on consecration last week. I said, dang. What did I do that for? Because you believe it. So I hung up my phone and came home. You were in second place. 
I was for a few minutes. <laughs> but you know, this is every, people there from France and England and all over the world. Yeah. This is a big tournament. Fourth place, a big deal. And I walked away and everybody went, bye. And I went, <laughs> never mind. I said that because when I hurt my shoulder and I started shooting handgun, I did the same thing, guys. And I learned something about God. It doesn't always have to be spiritual. I just said, teach me how to do this. And he started laying things out for me to do. He said, improve a little every week so that you have 52 improvements under your belt. Never try to do it all at once. He said, he said, always get, get excited over every small improvement and never have a bad day. Good. Oh, this will work in all sports. But he's teaching me how to improve. And I, and I went back to the scripture that he'll teach me all things. He didn't say teach me all Bible. Right. Yeah, he good. said teach me all things. There are things, God, will, he's teaching him how to make paint. He's teaching him how to make milk. He's teaching him how to rotate crops. Anything this young man wants to know, God is teaching him this. He said, you seek, you will find, you will find it. I will show it to you if you want to know it. And he made a statement, whatever you love will reveal its secret to you. If you don't love the word, it will not reveal its secrets to you. You know, people love their job. Good. You will improve. You will get better. You will get raises. You will, because God will show you how to do that better than anyone out there working with you. When I laid block, I began teaching my boss's stuff. I know this sounds crazy. I'm not bragging on me. But I would read blueprints and, and I would read them and go, now hold on a minute, hold on a minute. We need to make a change right here. And I mean, I'm the laborer. Wasn't long they handed me the prints and told me to go build buildings. I understood it. And this, I don't know if it's a man thing. I've always said it's a man thing. I don't, I don't think it is. Many men can just look at a motor and tell you what's wrong with it. Zach can't. He could if he wanted to. He could. But you know, back when I had a Super Sport 396, it didn't take, I mean, it wasn't long. I mean, I, I could just figure it out. One day, Josh Morgan took his car apart. And I mean literally every piece. Every piece. I mean transmission, motor, doors. doors. He took the whole car apart <laughs> in the yard. And I looked at Lisa and I said, well, that's the end of the car. <laughs> and Josh said, can I put it back together? And I went, <laughs> uh, you can if you want to, son. He did. Yeah. And it ran. And I'm like, oh, I don't, yeah. But I'm going to tell you something about him that most people don't know because I think that he got that shot when he was a kid and it messed him up, and that's one of the reasons why he's slow. But, but when he was a kid, they, they took him out to a farm, and they were showing all the kids out there, and he went over to the truck and lifted the hood and wanted to know what was in it, wanted to know all about the motor. And one day, we were t I was talking to him, and he he started talking to me about how far is the moon from the earth. And then when he started doing the math in his head, I went, Shandai boy. And he said, well, if it's traveling this fast and, and it's that far away, then, and I'm going, you aren't dumb. Now, he's narrow-minded. You, you know, you give him one job, he'll do one job. Give him two, forget it. When you give him one, you get one done. And once he learns how to do it, he'll do it to perfection. And, and so he's got his abilities. But you know what I'm looking at going, he's got the mind of Christ if he wants to use it. 
And there's been a lot of things that I've just looked at, and Lisa tell you this, I just look at it and go, that's how you fix it. I've always called it a gift, but I, I just think it's something I've developed because I've always been interested in mechanics, engineering. My, my dad was an engineer. And there is a side of me that I, I, don't, I don't let y'all know. I hide some of it from Lisa because she's always wanting me to build something. And I go, I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Um, Young the other day, she had a gate. Fell on her old head. Just bless her heart. She had a trestle over the top of it. It fell on her head and knocked her out. And Lisa and I go through it, and I went over there and built a gate. And Lisa's like, this is nice. And I went, don't let it go to your head. <laughs> I hide a lot of stuff. Anyway, anyway. All right. Listen to this. There's nothing that I've ever asked God to do that I haven't been able to accomplish it. I want you to say that. There's nothing that I want to do, that I can't accomplish. Now, one thing, don't start doing what you don't like. You don't go to college and take a course that your parents told you to take because you hate it. You ain't going to do it. Thank you. Honey, you should be a doctor. Okay, I'll be a doctor. Halfway through it, you're thinking about building cars. You know, you just go build cars. Whoever told people that there's something inherently wrong with building houses and not being a lawyer. Nothing. You know, what do you call them, blue-collar workers? Good God, they make more money than people out of school. <laughs> not at all, corrected the doctor. It's all very simple. If you know how to talk to the Creator... It is simply seeking the Lord and finding him. And you remember what it says in Proverbs, those who seek Lee early will find me. Yes. So I follow his advice and I find him. Do you seek him early, we ask? Yes. Regularly, I rise at four in the morning. Now, here's the way I read that. It's four somewhere. I rise at four. I call my friends in California. What time is it for? That's good. Good. I'm, I'm on right on time. <laughs> I told you there's a way out of everything. All my life, I rise at four o'clock and I go in the woods and I talk with God and He gives me my orders for the day. Alone there with the things I love the most, I gather specimens and study the great lessons nature is eager to teach me. When people are asleep, I hear God best and I learn His plan for me. After my morning's talk with God, I go to the laboratory and carry out his wishes for the day. Now, I'm, I'm going to skip something. If I have time, we'll come back. He said, you have a habit of talking to flowers or a peanut and make it give its secrets to you, remarked Jim. How do you do it? He said, you have to love it enough, said Dr. Carver. Anything will give its secrets if you love it enough. Isn't God love? Yeah. Wouldn't nature talk to you? Yeah. I watched something. I'm going to read some more of this in a minute, but I got to I got to tell you this because I watched a guy on YouTube that had that learned how to take the vibration of plants and hook every vibration to a musical tone, okay. and he would put alligator clips on a plant, and it would make music, and every plant has a different music that it sends out that we can't hear. But he said, watch this. And he put the clips on the leaves and it was making music. And when he poured water, the music increased. Because the plant became happy. Can you see it on YouTube? Yeah, on YouTube. I don't know where. I was just digging around the other day. I don't know where I found it. We can find it. But anyway... Is that not, we know everything has ears. There's another thing that most people don't know, but every planet gives off a sound. And when the earth was in a crystalline, um, what do you call it? The, the, before Noah, there was a crystalline covering over the earth that held the atmosphere in. That is why the animals were bigger. There was more oxygen. 
Okay, that's why the Earth was the same temperature at the North Pole it was at the equator because we, we were enclosed in a um, oh, what's the word? It's like yeah, but it was it was it was made out of crystal. And it was a covering and it was see-through. You could see the planets and you could... But anyway, the crystalline picked up the sound of the planets and created music in the air pre-Noah. Everywhere you went was the same temperature. And everywhere you went, there was music in the air. That's how men learned to make music. When Noah's flood took place, it, it blew up from the deep, blew that crystalline environment up, expanded the earth... And, the, and, the, and the, the land shifted. That's why you can see people, how they put it together. And that's how all of that happened. It happened during the flood. But after that, the environment changed and man went from living 1,000 years to living 120 because of the oxygen levels and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that happened at that point. But at that time, they found out that all planets give off a note. Have you ever wondered why they're all out there? That, come on, y'all. God has all of them sending music here. And one day we're gonna, he's going to reestablish that and we're going to get to sit around and listen to music in the air just like you're in the mall. Oh, boy. So there's so much going on in the universe that we have never known about. But isn't God cool? Okay, all right, I'm glad y'all. Am I boring y'all? Good, I'm, I, I hope not. I want to read this to you. This is, um, I have found that when I silently commune with people, they give their secrets also. If you love people enough, in a crowded auditorium, I can pick out people who are spiritual or ones that are walking with God at a glance. But the sad thing is you can detect the ones that are not spiritual, added Dr. Harwick. Oh, yes. Last week, a man brought an infantile paralysis son to me for treatment. And I told him, I can do nothing for you. And he cursed me from my head to my foot and asked what business did a black guy, he didn't say that, talk to him that way, and he cussed him. I'm not going to read that to you. Why can't you help my son? He said, because my prayers and the power of the ointment cannot penetrate the profanity in your heart. Do you realize your body responds to love and anger? The profanity is enough to block any healing and power from reaching anyone. Did he change? I said, no, he got worse and worse. Did you relent? How could I? I had to tell him to go away. He's like the flower. He, he, um, he can't give his secrets unless he loves enough. Anyway, that's, that's so good. Um, he said, I can't help you, buddy. <laughs> Even if I put all this ointment on you, it wouldn't do any good. <laughs> now, here's his story. Years ago, I said, I went into my laboratory and I said, Dear Mr. Creator, would you please tell me what the universe was made for? And the Creator said, Do you want, you want to know too much for the little mind of yours? Ask me something more your size. <laughs> I said, well, Mr. Creator, can you tell me what man was made for? And again, the Creator said, little man, you're asking too much. Cut down the intent of your request and improve your intent. So I said, Mr. Creator, can you tell me why you made the peanut? That's better, but it's infinite. What do you want to know about a peanut? Mr. Creator, can I make milk out of peanut? What kind of milk do you want? Jersey or good old boarding house? Jersey milk. And the Creator taught me how to take a peanut apart and put it together. And out of the process, I've come forth these products. For an hour, Dr. Carver drew forth from his homemade containing face powder, printer's ink, butter, shampoo, creosol, vinegar, dandruff, cure, instant coffee, dyes, rubberized compounds, soap, salad, and wood stains. Wow. That's just one peanut. He took the potato and learned how to make, wheat, how to make bread out of it. During the war, when the soldiers ran out of wheat and the farmers had nothing to do with their potatoes, he taught them how to dry it out and make flour out of potatoes and make bread out of, out of sweet potatoes. Now, just think about this man for a minute. 
This man, all he's doing is seeking God. What would happen if we did? I started off tonight by making this statement. There is nothing that if you seek, he won't show you. You can know anything you want to know. How bad do you want to know? Is your imagination running with you right now? Mine is. I've asked the Lord to teach me things. I want to know more about the gifts of the Spirit. I want to know more about my redemption. I want to know more about you. I want to know more about angels. I want to know more about the Holy Ghost. I want to know more about prayer. I know, but I don't know all I can know. Am I satisfied where I am? I'm not. I'm just telling you that there's, there's desires in my heart to know things now that I don't know. And I'm already 68. Just had a birthday. Thank you for all your birthday wishes, the ones of you that I didn't get back with. It's because by the time I got the Internet in Tennessee, I got 100 happy birthdays on my phone. <laughs> all in one minute. My phone was just smoking right there. But, you know, I, I, I told the Lord, I said, there's still things I want to do. And I started the Bible school. I said, I want to do that. I, um, I'm writing my first book. I've got my second book written. The other morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, the Lord woke me up and said, you want to hear a story? And he told me a story till 6 o'clock. I know it so well, I could write it word for word. I'm not done. I have, I've, I, I was talking to a lady the other day and with um, the lady that did um, Shuttlesworth's wife's book. I said, I want your illustrator. I'll, I'm going to put my stories for kids. Yeah. Are you all out there? Yeah. I think one of the things that's missing with us is when's the last time you used your imagination? Yeah. Oh, the Wright brothers, um, um, Elon Musk uses his. I don't think I want to go to Mars with him. I think he's crazy. But why was it Elon decided to have an electric car? I'll tell you this. I drove one. Y'all want to know how fast it'll get to 100? We got a police officer in here. I shouldn't say this. I told him I never hit 100. only got it to 99. Two seconds. And it don't spin. It goes, Whoa! And I went, oh, help me, Jesus. I slowed it down and went, that was enough right there, that thing. Anyway, what else is out there? I watched a thing one day where Justin, where kids took a drone and supersized it and stood on it and flew. I'm on y'all, y'all are y'all are boring me. Don't look at me and tell me you don't think that's cool. I want one. I like that kind of stuff. But someone is dreaming and someone is wanting to know. Now, I got another scripture. I got enough time. I think I wrote it down. I didn't. Genesis. Let me find it in Genesis. Yeah, there it is. The whole earth had one language and one speech. It came to pass when they journeyed from east to town, the plain there, the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. They said to one another, come let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they had the brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come let us build ourselves a city in a tower whose top's in the heaven, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad on the face of the whole earth. Remember God told him. And the Lord came down to see this in the city, the tower the sons of men had built. Notice he's not in this. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one, and they have one language, and this that they began to do, nothing that they purposed to do. Listen, look at it. Say nothing. nothing. If that's true for a sinner on the old covenant, Nothing they've imagined. God still put enough of his DNA in a man. We're not a dog. We're not a cat. We're not a fish. 
But every man has an element of, of God in him, even a sinner. I didn't say he was born again. But if that's true under the Old Testament, nothing they purpose to do is withheld from them. How much more a born-again man under the new covenant? What is it that you could do if you wanted to bad enough? And I'm not telling you to make a spaceship and go to Mars. But I think sometimes when you get older, like Brother Hagin said, your mind gets thoroughly mixed and well set like concrete. And you just kind of go through the motions and wake up, go to work, get in and go to bed, go home, make dinner, go to bed, watch TV, get up. You're basically dead. What is it you want to do now? What do you want to do now? What do you want to know? There's so much. Isn't this good? Say the sky's the limit. Say nothing's impossible. The Holy Spirit will teach me all things. God said, seek. I will find it. I got to keep seeking. I won't quit until I find the answer. But there's things I don't know now that I will know. I will know how to do some things. I'll be better at my job, at my career, at my business, and it will prosper. The sky's the limit. Can I tell you one more story? When I was shooting handguns, I watched a sinner draw a pistol, shoot two balloons in two one hundred thousandths of a second. That's faster than the speed of thought. That's a sinner. It's so fast, I'm going to show you what it looks like. You can't see him move. The naked eye cannot follow him shooting. It is so fast that they had to take him because the people who saw it said this is a trick because he's standing there and two balloons disappear. They hear gunshots when they don't see him move. And they're like, no. So they put him on a camera in the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. And they, and they got the speed to two one hundred thousandths and it's not a semi-automatic pistol. It's cock and shoot, cock and shoot. It's a cowboy gun. And I went, I can do anything. It blew the lid off of my thinking so that I decided there is no limit to what I can do if I want to do it. I got God in me and he doesn't. If God is in me, I can do this thing. And that is the mindset that took me to number one. And I'd still be climbing had I not thought I was backsliding in. I was standing here one Sunday morning during worship and I'm thinking about the next competition and I went, <laughs> I went home and put the gun away. I said, God, I can't do that. I can't, I cannot do that. I won't do that. It's not that important. It's a, you're teaching me something, but it's not valuable. It has no value. It has no eternal value. I said, why don't I learn something else? <laughs> Isn't this good? It is so powerful to know that anything we want to know, He will show us. You're dealing with problems now? He will show you how to fix it. You say, not possible. It is with Him. Well, I don't know what to do. That doesn't matter. Jonah was dead. Didn't stop God. Lazarus was having a real bad day didn't stop the Lord. I don't think any of you have had that bad a day yet. Isn't that fun? Isn't it fun to walk out of church and go, my best days are ahead of me. I got some things I'm working on right now. It's exciting to wake up knowing that tomorrow, today and tomorrow is good. There's nothing you can do to stop me in Nothing I imagine. It's impossible. Anyway, are you thinking? Yeah. Father God, thank you that uh, it's possible the prayers of a righteous man avail much. 
Lisa and I have prayed about some things lately that look impossible, but they're not. We've already seen you working. We're going to see a completion of it. There's a lot of things we have that we're believing you for. and We're standing on this scripture to seek, and you shall find it. We're seeking you, and we will find it. We will know. We'll know what to do in every situation. And Father God, I pray that we won't get off on trivial stuff that doesn't matter. But everything that you said that we desire, you would show us how to do it. I mean, even to making milk. Doesn't matter to you. But I ask you not only Lisa and I, but everybody in this room right now. There's areas of their life they, they need answers to. And they have a promise from you right here in the Word. They can go home tonight and they can get together and agree and pray over this. And whatever it is that they want to know, whatever they, whatever they ask you, Whatever that you, they, they know now, they can seek an answer and you will show them what to do. We give you glory and honor for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Say, My best days are ahead. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com from our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.